This is Sheena C. Howard, award-winning author and filmmaker, and you're listening to Beyond the Fourth Wall podcast. This is Joseph Illich, editorial director for A Wave Blue World, and you are listening to Beyond the Fourth Wall podcast. This is Joe Lindsay Walton, co-editor of Vector from the British Science Fiction Association, and you are listening to Beyond the Fourth Wall podcast. You are now listening to Beyond the Fourth Wall of Writing with your host, John Robinson IV. Here we smash walls, demolish writer's blocks, and learn how to harness the true power of storytelling. Let's get it cracking. Episode 10. How to Write Comics. Okay, let me put a little scenario in your head. You're a comic expert. One of those comic heads that knows all the details about specific issues and where your origins came from, all of their real names, their aunts, their uncles, which ones passed away, which one inspired them to become great heroes. You know all of the great artists, all of the great writers. You probably learned how to read from comics when you were about four years old. So you're pretty sure that you can be a professional comic writer if you wanted to. I mean, you know the formula, the superhero origin story, the trauma, the call to action, and that fervent need for justice. So why can't you write comics? Except that you've never written a single narrative word in your life. Expect that one day that the teacher told you to write what you did over the summer in third grade, and because it was boring, you made up a compelling work of fiction? Yeah, seriously though, don't do it. Do not write comics if you do not know how to write. In this episode, I'm going to give you a process for writing comics that I think will help you, a few prerequisites for writing comics, some words on character design, setting, pacing, and then some recommended books and resources that I think you should check out to help you along your comic journey. Prerequisites for writing comics. The primary prerequisite. I was kind of messing around with you guys at the beginning of this episode when I mentioned the whole comic head thing and the comic expert idea, but that is legitimately what a lot of people do. They go into writing comics thinking that because they know so much about comics already that they can write them. I'm here to let you know that that alone is not going to give you the skills you need to write comics. I highly, highly recommend that you have already established yourself as some sort of writer before you start writing a comic book. In the first episode, we talked about the three levels of writing that I kind of set up. That first level where you're kind of free writing, that second level where you're kind of writing and then and, and, and analyzing and trying to figure out, you know, your writing style. Uh, and then that third level where you're intentional writing, where you're not letting any mistakes pass by, where you're making sure that you check all of your 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 tropes, your cliches, and clean it up really nicely. Comic writing is not for that first level. <laughs> if you're free writing, which again is totally fine if that's the level that you're at, if you're writing without intent, if you're writing without pressure, that's not what writing comics is for. And the primary reason why is because it costs money. If you're not an artist and you are just a writer, 
art costs money and you don't really want to end up pouring your soul into something that's going to bomb because you rushed it or because you didn't do your due diligence as far as learning the basics. Something I want you guys to understand about comic fans is that they are relentless. If you're a comic fan, the same way that I'm a comic fan, you'll understand this quickly. Uh, Comics fan base is a relatively small fan base. There's different types of comics. There's your more lighthearted comics, your serious ones, your superhero comics, your supernatural, your horrors, etc. But most comic fans are used to a specific way of storytelling. Novel fans and novel readers have more patience because they're used to a book's arduous task of exposition over the course of thousands of words. The thing is, a comic can give you all that in a single image sometimes. You read comics in panel format and you get your information far more quickly. And most comic readers, they're used to getting their content in 24 page chunks, which is not really a lot of room to work with. So you have room for nothing but your story beats. Plus, hardcore fans of comics, they tend to read a lot of them very quickly so if yours isn't captivating then they'll move on to the next one in a second so it's very high octane very competitive you really want to know what you're doing before you hop into the comic sphere like i said before you don't really want to pour your money into something that bombs uh your first comic doesn't need to be perfect per se you don't need to be the best star writer of all time before you write your comic but you also don't want to be that person that jumps into the ocean when you've never been in a pool I hope that makes sense. So it's it's not really a knock at those who really want to write comics. It's more just that you have to do your work prior to. You also need to understand that writing comics is a collaborative process. Unless you are the writer and the artist, which in a lot of cases, that is the case. I, I'd even venture to say that if you are the writer and artist and you have the time, sure, make some of your first narrative works comics. As long as you know that it's going to take a pro- it's going to take time and in a process to build into those uh, great comics the more you do it but in any case if you are the writer and you have no artistic skills you have to understand that it is a collaboration with your artists to create this comic book allow your artists to spread their creative wings uh, you might be surprised what their artistic mind may see that may work with character design or scenery or even parts of your story simply because they're an artist and it's kind of that take that or that idea of having a different eye on your work make sure they understand the story so they can make suggestions about how to portray the story from an artistic point of view have that writer foundation make sure that your comic project isn't your first writing project Make sure that you understand the kind of people that you're writing for, understand comic fans, and understand that it's a collaborative process with your artists. Let's get a little bit into character design. Now, again, this is about writing, not art. So I won't spend too much time on character design, but there are some things that you need to understand. A lot of it does write on the artist, but then a lot of it doesn't. A lot of it is all you as the writer. You need to know how to write detailed backgrounds of personalities. Design your characters with these things in mind. So ask yourself questions about who these characters are, what their motivations are, what's driving them towards those motivations. Where did they come from? What is their culture? And that culture can be either a racial background or just a community that they were raised in or the lifestyle that they were raised in. Is your character reserved? Are they 
they more outgoing? Might their dress reflect some of these traits? Are these magic users? Are these tech users? And how can these different aspects of their character be worked into their design? What are their accessories? What are their hairstyles? What things do they like? that may be able to be worked subtly into design to create that natural organic feel. These are the things you need to be thinking about so that you can portray this to your artist. Remember, even though you're not drawing this and the artist may add some awesome accessories and features to your character, the artist doesn't really know exactly what's in your head and you have to tell them. So make sure that you're very clear and concise about what you want your characters to look like. And then once you give a basis to your artist, have some back and forth. Make sure that, make sure that you're working with that artist, giving that artist the freedom to help design this character along with you because they're going to be able to offer some details and insight that you just won't see going in. So don't stress too hard on it, but know that there's things you need to be thinking about. Study other characters and find out what makes their designs compelling. Find out what you see that's common among villains, find out what you see that's common among heroes or vagabonds or anti-heroes or whatnot. Think about a character silhouette. Now, this is kind of a interesting one. I can't remember where I heard it, but if you can tell who your character is from their silhouette, then you probably have a good character design, whether it's the hair or the accessories or whatever. You should be able to tell from their body language and from their extraneous features what character you're looking at from just the silhouette. So think about that when you design your characters. That's that's a good way to make a memorable character. Do a little bit of studying on color theory. Understand what colors represent. This can help you out in your character design process. Uh, think about uh, tropes, try to flip them, color tropes. If black is usually associated with a bad thing, maybe you can play with that idea and flip it, but make sure you do it in a creative way in your story. Ask your artist for help with designs. Don't be afraid to reach out to them and say, hey, I'm thinking about this, but I'm not exactly sure. And let them know that up front. If you have a good character designer, then they will help you create a great character. As long as you provide that basis that we talked about earlier, as far as their uh, their backgrounds and personalities. Remember, character design is important since comics rely so much on visuals for success. A lot of the time before a person even opens up a comic book, they're just compelled by the look of the characters or the art on the cover. So think about that when it comes to character design. Let's talk a little bit about setting. Uh, again, this is not an artist podcast <laughs> and I, I'm not an artist myself, so I don't know all of the best details. The same, uh, the same is with character design, but here's some things that I think about and I think that you should think about when it comes to setting. Number one, Pinterest is your friend. Search, search, search on a regular basis on your free time when you're waiting in line, you know, in a store or what have you on Pinterest for interesting settings. Just look at scenery, whether it's urban, whether it's artistic, that's something that somebody drew, fantasy based, tech based, whatever, whatever fits the story that you're working on at the time. Be looking up scenery on a regular basis, save it onto a board on Pinterest and then look at the suggestions that Pinterest gives you over time. It helps out loads. So make sure that you're researching locations uh, on a regular basis when it comes to the setting. Think about the lighting in, in your book. 
think about the, the kind of tones you want to set and think about the coloring and think about the tones you want to set with your colors. Again, this relies heavily on the artist, but if you give the artist the feel you're trying to go for, or if you can give them references, even from other comic books, then that'll help them along the path a whole lot. And then they'll be able to respond to you and give you their ideas on what they think the scene should look like as well. So again, some of this is just filling out your artist. If you know your artist is highly reliant on you to give them every detail, then make sure you know these things. If your artist likes to take what you wrote on the page and run with it and they do that well, then let them do that. You know, so you kind of have to fill it out with uh, each individual artist. Let's go ahead and go into a little bit on pacing. Now, this is where we start getting to the heavy writing portion as it pertains to comics. As we mentioned earlier, certain elements in comics can be told far more quickly than in a novel simply because you have pictures. You know, we know that old quote, a picture's worth a thousand words and all that, right? Well, it's true, especially in a comic book. You can say so much with your art and you have to understand how to use your art to tell the story without having those words to kind of support it. Words aside from dialogue or captions or whatnot. Yeah, in most cases, you do not want your comics to move as slowly as a novel does. I'm not going to say every case because there's different styles of writing. Some people are more loquacious than others. Some people like that style as well. But for the most part, you want to move your comic book story along far more quickly. You want to make sure all of your beats are getting hit back to back to back to back. Because in most cases, you only have so many pages to do this. You need to be effective in every single panel. Every panel needs to be doing some kind of work. It requires planning. Comics is not really a pantser kind of medium. If you remember from the last episode, I explained that a pantser is somebody who rides by the seat of their, their pants. I'm not saying that your initial idea can't work that way, but at some point, you got to stop and really take a look at your work and figure out how this is going to be spread out across your limited number of pages. So just keep that in mind when you're writing comics, uh, regardless of whether you're a, a planner uh, by trade or a, or, or a pantser. Another thing you want to think about with pacing in comics is uh, you want to you want to think about how to write in arcs, uh, even though comics are common, commonly ongoing ventures like you'll see comics go well to like the hundreds or whatnot. Um, that's not just one story that keeps you hanging on forever. There may be several parts to a big story, but there's also an individual story in each individual arc. And each of those arcs needs a beginning, middle, and an end, regardless if this comic is ongoing or not, and regardless of what kind of story beats that you want to follow. So kind of think in terms of volume. How many issues is volume one going to take? Where's your beginning, middle, and end in that volume one? Pacing is extremely important in comedy. It's probably the most important thing when it comes to the technical side of your of your storytelling. You want to think about dialogue, which is a lot different in comic books than they are in your in your regular books. You want to know where to not have dialogue and how to tell the story visually and think in terms of snapshots like storyboarding, because that's really what panels are. And you only have so much space to work with. There's something I do with uh, as far as pacing myself that I call the page by page. And it's kind of funny that in my research, looking around the Internet, I've actually seen other people use similar terms, either page by page or panel by page or whatever they call it. But I call mine uh, page by pages. And what I write on those are 
a numbered format. So one, two, three, etc., down to 24. Each of these numbers represents its own page. On these individual pages, I write out the significant events and significant lines, lines I may not want to forget. And then when you get more experience, you may be able to do this just with a single line. You may say page one is the introductory scene when a group of assassins break into a, a, a building with smashing glass. Page two, the uh, civilians react to this and then page three and so on and so on you may be able to break those several pages down in that way after a time but initially i i recommend kind of writing out more details for each of these pages before you get to the actual scripting stage so you kind of have like a reference to look at as you go some advice that i read from brian michael bitness i i can't remember if this was in his book or if this was on a, a uh, in a tweet that he wrote at one point. But I do remember that he said to try to make every page a mini cliffhanger. These cliffhangers keep pages turning and it keeps readers engaged throughout the entire comic. Because comics move so quickly, you have to quickly reaffirm why you're reading that comic. So if you make the end of every page a cliffhanger, then you give the person a reason to keep turning those pages. So you do want to keep that in mind as far as uh, how you pace your comic and how you keep uh, readers readers moving in comics. Another thing that's important in comics is a concept called emotional space. Now, I heard this concept from Joelle Jones, or I read about it rather, uh, in her Catwoman comic. So after Batman issue 50 by Tom King... Uh, Joelle Jones started writing a Catwoman series. And in that number one in the back, there was a, a page or two of breakdown information. She was talking about how she broke down her scenes because she's the writer and the artist of this comic. And she used a term called emotional space and it's stuck with me ever since. And I think it's because to me, it gives me the idea of how to give small moments more page time than other moments based on how significant they are. And I'll give you an example of what I mean uh, from that very comic. There is a scene in that Catwoman number one where uh, Catwoman goes home after she left Batman standing uh, at the altar when they were supposed to get married and she feels upset about it. It's a, it was a very emotional thing. So she goes home and there's an entire page that they spend with showing Catwoman's place and then showing her walk through her place, finding a little corner and crying. And they spent time on this to show what was going on. And it was all done without dialogue. Joelle did this. So I thought that that was incredibly powerful because the entire comic, she hadn't really uh, shown any response to the situation that had happened in the previous comic where she basically left Batman. So seeing this moment of her being alone, walking to her place and then crying in a corner and the amount of page space that was used for that, uh, I, I really found that compelling. So you want to think about that in your comics. If there's a very powerful emotional moment then give us some time to play out another good example also from batman clearly i'm a batman fan in batman number 78 alfred was killed if you don't know who alfred is he is batman's butler uh the very beloved butler that pretty much everybody loves well he died in issue 73 and issue 83 of batman by tom king he finds out that alfred died 
this entire issue is spent on Batman coming to terms with this. You see him come over, uh, g- grab Alfred. He's hugging him for several, several panels. He, he's crying. He lays him down. It's very, very emotional. And the entire comic is kind of a voiceover soliloquy from Alfred. This spanned for an entire comic and it was so powerful. He went through the stages of crying to grieving to being angry, throwing things around, punching the walls and it's it's just a really really powerful moment in this in this comic and it really to me best encapsulates along with that catwoman piece how to use emotional space now i'm not saying that you guys should write comics where you spend an entire issue with one of your characters crying but know that it's okay to give scenes like that space uh scenes of significance um another another good place to use your uh panel space up is action action and fight scenes some of the best fight scenes in comics they use several pages and and several several panels with very minimal dialogue of straight up action of, of punches blocks slams throws dodges how whatever and the artists that do this are incredible and, and some of them are so good that i can't imagine that that uh the artists in the uh in the writer weren't sitting in the same room to plan them out uh but who knows exactly how they actually went through the process of these uh action pages but in any case this is where you can have your six seven and eight panel pages instead of your average five to six like i'll talk about in a in a in a in a, in a few minutes um so yeah, think about how you want to use your pages. Make sure you plan your pages out. Make sure you think in terms of volumes when you're planning your comics and, and how many, how many pages you actually have in this comic. Think about where you're going to put your action and where you're going to put your emotional scenes and conversations. All right. Let's get on to script writing. There's generally two to three styles of scripts. I'll talk about. Well, I'll talk about all of them uh, because the third style is really just a hybrid. So the first major style of script is the Marvel style, pretty much created by Stanley back when he was writing almost everything for Marvel. But the reason why we hear the creators of these characters are Stanley and Jack Kirby is because despite the fact that Jack Kirby was the artist and not the writer by title, because of this style, Jack Kirby was very much a writer in a sense. Um, the reason why is because the Marvel style basically used a long description of the story. Stanley would write out these, you know, like a page or two of what happens in the story. The artist will go in and draw all of the pages, panel everything out. It's so much work for the artist. It heavily relies on the artist. He tells that story with the art. And then the writer comes back and adds the dialogue in post. This style is generally not used anymore. I'm not saying it's never used. I'm not saying that some people don't prefer it. But generally, this is not how uh, scripts are done anymore. How scripts are done, and and what I will break down in more detail, is the full script style. The full script is a detailed breakdown of every single panel in your comic. This is what you need to learn. Uh, the last type is the hybrid style, which is where instead of writing a full page breakdown, like a full script or one page describing the entire comic, like the Marvel style, the hybrid kind of breaks down every 
page of the comic book and gives a description, the artist draws it, and then the writer comes back and writes in the dialogue. Pretty much variations of that style. That's kind of what the hybrid is. That depends on the artist-writer team. But in most cases, what you need to be focusing on is the full script. Now, comic scripts are a lot different than any other kind of writing. It's you're not it's not prose to where you're writing your all the internal thoughts of the characters and all that stuff out. And it's not a screenplay where you have to be super, super formal and write certain angles and lighting effects and the fade in and the fade outs and all that. This is the most informal type of script you'll probably ever write in any <laughs> as far as any medium that's kind of the chill factor of writing comic book scripts is you can really be natural you actually probably want to be more natural to help your artist out you can use some elements from screenplays but you don't have to write it in the format of a screenplay so the things you want in your script uh, are pretty much you, you know your basics you want to start with the title of the comic the name of the comic you probably want to put a header on every page it reoccurs with the uh with with the name of the of the comic and the header as as well as a page number on the right hand side that's optional uh, again these are very informal it just might be good to have a you know it's in case somebody prints your comic out or or your script out you know they can see in the top left corner that okay this is this page of of this issue or whatever but it's not required you want to make sure that your panel descriptions are well written. So let's talk about panel descriptions. Comic page is on average about five to six panels, like I mentioned earlier. There are exceptions to this, of course. Tom King is a huge fan of the nine panel grid. He uses it excellently because he's really good at inner character writing and he uses all nine panels to have a character go through uh, a wave of of emotion in these panels in most cases uh you know and it, it helps to to break up their thoughts and, and give it to you in, in bite-sized pieces so uh the nine panel grid is a method i've used it before i'm not a pro at it so again i'm still learning this thing but I, I do like the nine panel grid and then there's other exceptions like david aja and in hawkeye back from 2015 where he's drawn pages that are 16 plus panels <laughs> now his writer is matt fraction and i'm not a hundred percent sure what their back and forth was like on that but i do know that matt fraction and david aja's work is talked about in brian michael bendis's comic writing book which we will talk about a little bit later on in this episode so yeah just hold on tight for a little bit more hawkeye talk i do recommend in your panel descriptions that you give kind of a scene in time of a day or description of the weather like whether it's sunny or snowing or whatnot because this will help kind of create the aura for the artist now you don't have to do this for every single panel if it's in the same scene but that that first panel the first time you enter a scene you may want to you may want to kind of set that up because that'll help out your your artist make sure that when you're doing your panel descriptions you are writing in what is going on in this particular panel comics are made up of several pictures like a storyboard it is not a movie you're telling a story full of stills just make sure that you're not trying to put a billion actions into one panel because it does not work. I, I will say that uh, I've asked artists in the past what their biggest pet peeve is in uh, comic scripts. And overwhelmingly, it's when writers try to fit a page into a panel, when they try to fit like five actions into a single picture. 
because it's not possible. And the artist is looking at it like, what do you think I am, a magician? You know, <laughs> this is not Harry Potter. We don't have moving pictures here. Uh, you have several panels. Each of them are stills. So you need to learn what is necessary on a per panel basis. I like to also bold or capitalize characters' names or objects of interest in the scene and the panel descriptions. And the reason why is because it kind of, again, brings attention to the, the, the point of interest in that panel. So the artist knows, okay, this needs to be a point of focus. When you're writing these panel descriptions, make sure that you're writing like you're talking to the artist. That's, that's a huge, huge deal. You're, you're not writing for, you know, a bunch of movie producers and they're going to be checking every detail of your work. The only people who are going to see this is you and your artist. And, and maybe if you put your book into a, a hardcover version later, everybody else will see it after the fact. And it, by that time, your comic's already a success. And it doesn't matter what your script looks like. People just want to see what your thought process was. So you can be as informal as you like when you're talking to your artist. Don't use any flowery language. It's probably be a detriment because you might lose your artist and they don't know what you're talking about if you're trying to write like Shakespeare in a comic script. Don't do that. Be as concise as possible. If you want, you can describe the distances of your shot. It helps a whole lot to study angles to know a little bit about how close or far you want your shots to be close usually means right up in the face medium usually means bust or half body kind of shot and then you can say wide shot if you like if you want to show an entire scene with you know several characters and and uh and, and the scenery around them if you want to help out your artist study a little bit of videography and play cameraman to an extent because that'll give them ideas on how to tell the story and they may be able to respond to you and say, hey, I think this may be a better angle. And so when you go back and forth with the layouts and and uh, conversation about how this comic should look, you guys will end up with a pretty good product because you guys both understand angles. Even though a good artist will do it for you, it'll help loads if you also know something about this yourself. So uh, do a little bit of light videography studying and uh, pay attention to the angles in comics that you read to get ideas of how to tell your story. And it'll keep it from being boring. It'll keep it dynamic to the reader. Let's talk a little bit about dialogue now. I prefer to create a two column table for dialogue. I think it just looks neater. I write in the left hand side the name of the character that's speaking and then in the right hand side the copy itself. You can also do a character name tab copy if you like. Either way works, honestly. You can even do it script style if you want, but I'm just letting you know the way that I prefer to do it. The left should contain the character's name, the object making sound or the narration, and then the right hand should specify exactly what's going to go on the page, what your letter is actually going to write out. On the left hand side, you also kind of want to specify the kind of sound or the kind of narration that you're doing. And what I mean is, for example, if it's a caption, specify that it's a caption. If the character is not on the page, but they're in the same room or they're not on the panel and they're in the same room, then write off, put it in parentheses or something like that. If the character is speaking quietly, write whisper. If the character is speaking loud, write yelling or loud. If they're in pain, write pained or something similar. Just give your artist and or letter an idea of the kind of dialogue that's going on here. Do the same thing with narration because this helps with the style of the narration. 
So if a character is narrating the letter, it may use different colors or whatnot. If it's time narration that says now or back then, it would give the artists and the letter kind of an idea of what's going on in the scene as well. And they might style it differently. So keep that in mind. Don't overdo it on dialogue. Less is often more. Uh, you don't have to write huge soliloquies all the time. You especially don't want to do it when you have more panels on the page. So a good rule of thumb is the more panels on the page, the less dialogue you have. And then if you have several panels on a page, you want to justify why there's a lot of panels on the page. Is it a character moment? Is it an action moment? What have you? And then also know when to not use dialogue. Think about that emotional space that we talked about earlier. On books and recommendations, I do have a few books. And I think that the number one book that every comic creator, whether you're a writer or artist, should read is Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud. I feel like if you were taking a class on this, that's like the required reading. That's the that's your textbook. All right. It's like the Bible of writing comics. Understanding Comics by Scott McPlow. Please get that. It goes into the history of comics. It goes into pasting. It talks about time. It talks about different styles. It talks about uh, Western comics, Eastern comics, manga. It just changed my entire perspective of how to write comics and how to plan out scenes and how to make the panels work for your readers on the page. So highly, highly recommended. Next is Words for Pictures, The Art and Business of Writing Comics and Graphic Novels by Brian Michael Bendis. This has been the second most insightful book for me as far as writing comics because it gives you the most real and up-to-date feel as far as the industry and what people are expecting when it comes to editors and people looking over your comics, looking over your scripts and how to make those things really stand out for your artists, how to make your artists or rather how to keep your artists happy and to not piss them off and how to generally produce a great product. It's the one of the best books for writing comics out there. Another book I recommend is the DC Writing Comics Guide by Dennis O'Neill. I haven't read the entirety of this book, but I've read a great deal of it, and it is excellent. And it gives a whole different take on on, a, on, a, on great ways to write comics. Another good resource is Panel X Panel, which is a comic magazine by Hassan O.E. I am not going to try to pronounce his last name because I'm going to butcher it. So I'm just going to say O.E. I apologize, Hassan. But yeah, Panel X Panel is awesome, awesome, in-depth comic uh, magazine where they dissect comics that are already out there and make you think about them in a different light. It is absolutely a great resource for for uh, analyzing comic books and therefore writing better comics. Other web resources to continue on uh, with Hassan. He also has a YouTube channel called Strip Panel Naked. Same concept where he's breaking down in like these five to 10 minute videos. He breaks down comic books and comic scenes in great detail down to the lettering, down to where the characters stand on, on, on the page, to the lighting, to the coloring, uh, to the, to the amount of dialogue used on the page, uh, how action is used. Like he really goes into extreme depth and it's helped me several times as far as inspiration for how to get some of these scenes out on, on onto paper. 
So I highly, highly recommend Strip Panel Naked by Hassan. Another great site is comicsexperience.com. They have a creator's workshop and classes. They cost, uh, I don't, the, the prices are always shifting. So I would say go in there and look for yourself. I don't want to state the wrong price and give false or dated information, but comics experience uh, creators workshop is, is a great place to go. They also do the make comics podcast, which is another resource that I listen to on a regular basis. Another good site is Jim Zub's website. If you guys know who Jim Zub is, Jim Zub is an amazing, amazing comic writer. He, uh, if you go to jimzub.com, he breaks down his style of writing comics. Honestly, some of the ideas I got were from his site. I, I found that even in my early years of writing comics, I do a lot of the same thing he does. A little, I do mine a little bit differently. I'm a little bit more. Uh, I think I do a little bit more extra in the in, in the in the planning stage. But uh, we have very similar styles, and I was, I was happy to see that when I came across his site. But uh, I'd highly recommend checking out his site. Another great thing to do for reading comics is to look up comic scripts online. It's one of those things that you want to do in order to understand how other writers, how other successful writers are, are putting their comics out. Scriptsandscribes.com is a good place to look for comic scripts. Brian Michael Bendis also posts some of his scripts online on jinxworld.com. And if you just generally Google comic scripts online, you can you can find a horde of them. There used to be a comics archive but I don't know if it was misplaced or if it's, if it's moved locations. But I think if you dig around enough on the internet, you can, you can find some pretty awesome treasure trolls of comic scripts. And it's good to just kind of read a comic and then go back through the script. Uh, another good exercise is to look at a comic book and then try to break it down into script format, reverse engineer it. You know, and Brian Michael Bendis talks about that in his book as well. So yeah, I think these are some good uh, resources for creating comics. Yeah, I, I really hope that this podcast helps you guys. Uh, I will have some digital goodies that go along with this podcast. I, I'm going to give you guys a uh, my breakdown of how to write a comic script. Um, I'll give you a, a, a Word document to, to pretty much will show you, hey, this is what it looks like. Uh, this is what your your, your comic should have uh, or and what I put in my comic scripts that may work for you. So uh, check that out. You're able to get that through Patreon. And remember, you can follow me online at Twitter at fourth wall. So that's I-V-W-A-L-L. Uh, look for the same name on Facebook. Also on Patreon, of course, you may be listening to that through there right now. Also check out the website at fourthwall.net where you can find my comic Scorpio and you can also find other episodes to this podcast. So again, thank you for joining me and remember to keep breaking down those walls. Peace.